we have always given you a platform. We, when we see allegations made, I'm giving you, in all fairness, time to respond to those and allegations. And I did. And you keep trying to, and you keep trying to push the narrative that I'm a denier and trying to push everything. Quote. Six million Jews were murdered is the biggest lie created true. in the history. That is, Why would you say that? Because six million people did not die in the Holocaust. If six million, How many did then? We have no idea of knowing. From Page News back in May, let me ask you point blank. Did you ever say that? Did you ever say that you wanted to kill any politician? No. You're literally feeding every narrative that they're using to attack me right now and you're playing into it. So David, I think I'm gonna cut this interview at this and I don't think I'm gonna be talking to Rebel News anymore. Really? Are you, seriously? Yeah. Well, okay, well, you know. Bro, if you were trying to give me a chance to refute it, you wouldn't have kept going into all the ways that I was wrong. You think I'm stupid? Like you're treating me like I'm a idiot, David. And I actually had respect for you until today. Now I don't. How do I say it? Well, it's been a frantic few months for anti-lockdown crusader Chris Sky, a man who is either beloved or hated, depending on who you talk to. In any event, there is so much to unpack when it comes to Chris's recent cross-Canada speaking trip. So without further ado, let's get a much-needed update. How are you doing, Chris? I'm fantastic, absolutely. Well, you're looking very healthy. Thank so you. glad to see you. Now, I think, like I said, there's so much to unpack here. Um, why don't we begin with the last time I saw you, namely last week, Dominion Day in Ottawa on the lawns of the Supreme Court. Um, there was a kerfuffle that I was unaware of at the time because I was interviewing uh, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, and literally in the background I see uh, in the footage that we captured some scuffling happening. As I understand it, um, you were supposed to speak at this event, but others had other ideas. What happened that day? Well, their narrative is that I was never invited to speak at the event. I just showed up with my big ego and decided to crash their event and take the speaking spots away from the poor nurses and other people who had speaking spots. And I was this big bad villain and they're just trying to save everybody from me and try to save the movement from me because I'm going to destroy the whole anti-lockdown movement. Now, when you say Reality, they, when you say they, just they is Randy Hillier the PPC, all the politicians, all the politicians that are secretly trying to hijack the freedom movement and turn it into a failed and irrelevant political campaign. They don't want me to speak because my message is united non-compliance. It is and always has been. It's the mm -hmm. same thing Gandhi used to beat oppressive governments. You simply get the entire population together for a common good cause. And for in this case, it's take off your mask, open your business, and that's it. And the pandemic's over. And you don't need a politician for that. You don't need an election for that. And that's exactly why they didn't want me speaking, because they want you to need them. If you don't need them, if you don't give them your money and your support, they don't have a job. They don't even exist. And so they're trying to hijack this freedom movement. No more lockdowns is Randy Hillier's uh, uh, whatever organization. They were throwing the event in conjunction with a place called Liberty Coalition. Kellyanne Wolf contacted them on my behalf to verify that I would be able to speak there after I got notification from my lawyer that I was legally allowed to. They emailed back from the official no, lockdown, no more lockdowns email stating, 
Yes, Chris is allowed to speak at the Supreme Court. And I showed you that. I told you I couldn't give it to you, and I'm not going to show it to anybody until two Peters, but I did show you that it exists. So you can but, confirm that I had an email stating that I was allowed to speak at the Supreme Court. You saw well, it, right? I saw something. Uh, I mean, in this day and age of uh, shenanigans online, who knows? But, but Chris, the bigger Excuse point... Excuse me. I wait, wait, wait. I'm going uh, to dial you back there. Did I not show you an email yes. that said Chris was allowed to speak at the Supreme you Court? You did. Okay, that's all I want to say. But Carry I, I'm, on. I'm just... Uh, not one of those technical uh, Fair persons enough. that can verify. Well, uh, it will be very, it will be verified because I will be giving the exact document. So okay. the reality is, but Chris, if I may interrupt, uh, go ahead. I find this a little sad, and I'll tell you why. Whether you're Mr. Hillier, Mr. Bernier, Pastor Hildebrandt, yourself, others, you're all you all should be on the same page. You you are all about opening up the economy. No, we're not. That's the problem. We're not on the same page. You don't page. think so? No. They're on the page where they want to turn the freedom movement, which is simply people getting up off their ass, doing what they need to do to end this, like take off their mask and open their business, and they want them to sit on their couch throw their money and their votes towards these politicians, wait for an election, and then wait, hopefully, for their guy to win, and then let that guy be the one to tell them what to do. That's the politician's thing. And that's why they used me. They invited me to speak. The same day I got the email that said I could speak, a flyer went out with my name on it. They said it was an unofficial flyer. And it was, I have a time-stamped email, and I have time-stamped showing when the flyer was posted. And the flyer was created and posted after we got email confirmation saying I was allowed to speak. And then I promoted it on every single platform possible. So I brought a huge number of the people there. So what do we have? We have the politicians telling me I can come speak. We have me promoting the hell out of their event and me driving five hours to get there and show up for the event. Then as soon as I got there, I walked up to the stage and I politely asked what time I would be speaking at because I was trying to coordinate a phone call with somebody in a different country who wanted to record the event. And one of the PPC members went up to me and said, Oh, well, we, and I said, who's we? And he declined to tell me who we was. We had an internal risk assessment. And we decided it wasn't in our best interests to allow you to speak. So instead, we're going to give you time at the end to do a shout out. And then you can tell everybody to go to Parliament Hill and you can speak there. Parliament Hill was an in, uh, everyone wearing orange and anti-candidate event. So obviously I didn't want to speak there. Obviously they knew I didn't want to speak there. So they basically invited me, used me to promote their event, and then set me up to basically be cast aside so they could take my entire support base and transfer it from the freedom movement into their own personal political campaign. And so then, and then, because I'm who I am, and I fight for freedom, I fight for truth, I fight for justice, I fight for honor, and I'm not gonna let anybody take advantage of me. I stood up for myself and said, you guys are the people's party, right? So why don't we let the people decide if I should be allowed to speak? And I said, let me ask the people. They said no. So the People's Party didn't even want to allow me to ask the people for their opinion. So I said, guess what? Now you don't have a choice. I'm going to take that megaphone. I'm going to walk up on the Supreme Court steps. I'm going to ask the audience if they want me to speak. And when everybody says yes, I'm going to take over your event. And then everyone's going to know you tried to silence me. And that's exactly what I did. Chris, uh, you said it yourself, the E word, ego, as a neutral observer, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I think we are witnessing in the anti-lockdown movement perhaps a clash of egos. It was ever thus when you have so many people vying to be the leader, the spokesman, what have you. Has nothing this to do is with what that. happens with that. 
But, I mean, is that really what we're seeing? That, what that, we're that seeing, the anti-lockdown movement What we're seeing now apart? is that I'm starting to believe that you might be part of this control opposition because you're trying to push their narrative and you're trying to pretend like the truth doesn't matter. Well, it has nothing to do with ego. No, if somebody, we're, we're if not, I invited, all, if, excuse all, no, me, if I invited you to speak somewhere, if I invited you to speak somewhere, that's an allegation because I'm saying yeah. what you just said. Okay. If I invited you to speak somewhere, I have documented evidence, and then you got there and I tried to tell you you weren't going to speak and you stood up for yourself because that's what's right and that's what's true. Am I going to say that that's your ego talking, or I'm going to say you're just somebody who's standing up for what's right? Well, first of all, it was just my observation, and but I can that's an observation we're, people we're can. That's an observation. That's an observation <laughs> people can make without having the facts. I just gave you the facts. I even okay. showed you the evidence, and you still brought up the exact same narrative that every single opposition person has been saying, trying to push the ego thing, push the ego thing, and you just pushed it mm. after we got documented evidence, and I just laid out exactly what happened. So well, I, I, I don't know now. Well, um, let's move on from July 1st. Of course, front page news back in May, there, there's the Chris Guy story. And yep. the massacre, Chris Guy allegedly threatened to kill Ontario leader than all other premiers. Chris, th that was a bombshell story. Uh, the man making the allegations, Rob Carbone. And that's, and that's the only evidence they have, by the way, allegations from somebody. Yep. So that's the equivalent of me calling the police right now and saying, Dave Menzies wants to kill Doug Ford. <laughs> well, first of all, let me ask you point blank. Did you ever say that? Did you ever say that you wanted to kill any politician? No. Okay. So now the other part of this is, you know, uh, Rob Carbone, who he and you were buddy-buddy for so many months. I can months. tell you exactly what happened with Rob Carbone in about five seconds and clear everything up. Rob Carbone presented himself as Canada's Donald Trump. He came across, he presented himself as someone that had international banking ties. He had me put in contact with banking people around the world. He presented me with these bank bonds that on face value when checked out appeared to be real even when verified by multiple, uh, multiple agencies that verify these kind of things. However, when it came down to the actual paperwork for these things, nobody could verify the paperwork so they were obviously fraudulent in some way because they could not be used that was just part of the problem rob lied about virtually everything he tried to hire a campaign team to register the republican party and after about five weeks of working with these people they came to me and they confessed none of them had been paying a dollar then his web guy said he hadn't been paid. Then his merch guy told me he hadn't been paid. Then I saw the notification that he hadn't even paid his friggin' rent. This is a supposed billionaire that's going to run the country and save the country, and he scammed multiple people for money. And then when I found out that he committed fraud and I had actual evidence of a retiree wire transferring $15,000 to Rob Carbone from his why, from his thing to Rob's thing, and all the correspondence of Rob coercing this man to do so for an investment that doesn't even exist, I came to Rob and said, Rob, not only did you not pay anybody that you were supposed to pay, now I find out you can't pay your rent and you're taking people's money for investments that don't exist? That's called fraud. So, so I'm not going to get in trouble for you. I'm going to have to report this. And then, within two days, Rob called the police and said, oh my God, Chris is threatening to kill me. Chris is threatening to kill Doug Ford and everybody else. Come get him quick. And his allegations in the story, of course, is that you wanted money from him. Oh, and yeah. Turned off the taps and... Uh, turned off the taps. Yeah, he yeah. can't even pay his rent. He turned off the taps. Good, good <laughs> so, luck, buddy. So who exactly... And I'm a billionaire, but I'm renting a condo. Mm. Okay, anyway, guys. But who exactly is Rob Carbone then, Chris? I mean, you know, there are he's allegations. He's a con, he a liar, an and a fraud. And okay. I'm pretty Allegedly. sure he's... And I would say he's an informant with the police, and I'll say that because mm. of the way I was arrested. Mm. Because the way I was arrested, they lie in the media and say they came to my house and that 
uh, I jumped in a car and ran, ran away from them and tried to run police officers over. That's the allegations that they put in all these newspapers that I saw. Reality check. Reality was, I was driving to the gym. I was on Keel Street heading westbound from King Road on a normal public road, driving normally, when a completely innocuous gray sedan, completely unmarked, completely unidentified, drove by me on the left-hand side. Nobody identified themselves. There was no markings on the vehicle or the occupants in the car. And when they passed me, they got in front of me and they slammed on their brakes. And as soon as they slammed on their brakes, I had to actually stop in the middle of the road on Keel Street, heading westbound. And as soon as I stopped in the middle of the road, two men, not wearing uniforms, in black masks covering their face, with guns drawn in their hands, start running at my car. Like it's a Colombian drug cartel kidnapping. Mm. And I'm somebody that gets death threats virtually every single day. So what would you or anybody with a brain in this situation do? And what they acknowledge I did. I put my truck in reverse, created a safe amount of distance, put it in drive, and drove around the two unidentified assailants to get away. That's what I did. All of a sudden, that got turned into I tried to run over a police officer or assault with a deadly weapon on a police officer. Everything here is politically motivated. It was timed to coincide with my, I was supposed to leave the next day for a tour and to launch my book in, Can in Vancouver. And coincidentally, I get arrested the very night before and they put all these conditions on me to try to prevent me. I can't drive, I can't fly, I had to be with my bail surety. They got a warrant to go to my house and take all my legally owned firearms, all based on the hearsay of somebody making a phone call to the police and saying I said something. Chris, uh, switching gears again, moving on to the weird world of social media, and I have to bring this up because it's a thing. We even get questions. Why do you give Chris Guy the time of day, given that he is a Holocaust denier? And I am not a Holocaust denier. I have been to the concentration camps. How many of you so-called Holocaust proponents have actually gone to Germany spent hours on a train, hours more on a bus, and then hours more exploring Saxon housing concentration camp. I saw where they kept the Jewish people. I saw where they kept the non-Jewish people. The only thing I've said about the Holocaust is when they tell you six million people died, they, that's a biblical reference. And it's about fulfilling a prophecy for the Jews to come home to their homeland. And they've used that reference multiple times in media well before World War II, going back all the way to the early 1900s. So that is not Holocaust denial. And the only other thing I said about World War II that people try to criticize is, yes, we know Jewish people were persecuted. We know they were killed and it's horrible. But so were 30 million other people during World War II. So we need to remember everybody. And when I said we need to remember everybody, they're like, oh my God, you're a Holocaust denier. It's like when someone says all lives matter and then someone screams, oh, that means you mean black lives don't matter. No, that's not what it means at all. So anyway, that's complete bull. Well, Chris, because the internet is forever, I mean, some of those posts from years ago have been republished. Here's one, uh, quote, six million Jews were murdered is the biggest lie created true. in the history a fake Jew history, end quote. That is, Why would you say that? Because six million people did not die in the Holocaust. If six million- How many did then? We have no idea of knowing. Really? But for them to claim an exact number when it's completely impossible of knowing, 
it's completely impossible of knowing. And there's lots of, there's lots of different references like the World Almanac that show the population before and after when Israel was created between 1946 and 1948 with all the stuff that was going on. Millions of Jewish people habitated to there. So six million people didn't just die, they relocated. So when they say six million people, like I said, it's making reference to their biblical prophecy that says once six million of us perish, we will get our homeland back. Mm. But, so but that's Chris, why they chose the f number of six million, because it's written in their book. There is no way of knowing how many people died in World War II. For someone to go and say 32 million people died in World War II, that's complete hogwash. So for someone to be able to go and say, especially in concentration camps, that this many people died a specific number, that's complete hogwash. There's no way of knowing how many people died. Well, I would Do we know they were persecuted? I would dispute One that. One million percent, that's indisputable. Do we know they killed a very large number of people, probably in the millions? Yes. Do we know that they killed six million on the dot, or six million that number? No, and nobody can prove that, and that's what I am saying. Well, Chris, have you ever reached out to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Remembrance Center in Jerusalem, who has done incredible decades worth of research? I mean, I've been there several times. Uh, I remember a curator once saying when they had the original number, it was 18 million, and then they wanted to be bulletproof. So they went through the records over and over, and sometimes people were double, triple uh, counted, and they whittled it down to six million. Now, if you had an agenda to make the Holocaust look worse, you would have gone with the 18 million. Okay, but let's so have you ever reached out to the experts in the field? Oh, okay. So the experts first said there were 18 million, and then the experts then said there were six million. So were they right when they said 18 million? But they million? wanted to be bulletproof. Oh, so they wanted to. So now, yeah. because they said they're really, really sure, that means they're 100%. The first it was 18 million. That's triple the number. Now they're really sure that it was six million. Does that mean they're 100% sure? No, but explain Excuse the reason. Excuse me. Some Excuse people were counted three or four times. That's first. wonderful. So yeah. does that mean that they missed any more that could have been double counted or some people that were counted that weren't really dead? Does that mean that the six million number that they came up with is 100%? Can you tell me, can we contact them right now and they're gonna say the six million number is 100% or will they say it's an estimation? Will they say it's our best estimate? Well, you know, uh, Chris, it's sad. I asked you a question. Uh, well, will they say it's 100% or will they say it's an estimation? They when believe previous estimation was 18 million. They believe this is the most accurate figure. Okay, they believe, believe yep. they believe, they believe, so it's not a figure, Chris, it's something that they are literally making up, like I said, and they're saying this is our best guess. But, but Chris, a guess is still a guess. A guess is still something you made up. So when you quote me and say the, uh, you're denying the experts, the experts themselves are telling you this is a number that we're making up based on the information we have available. Based on the information we had available, we thought it was 18 million. Now we're guessing it's 6 million. So that's it's not all a I'm saying. Guessing, it's doing decades and decades worth of research. That's wonderful. You've gone to some you can say whatever you want, regardless. Well, Chris, you admitted that it's their best guess. Well, I didn't say guess. I, their I, best belief, sorry. A belief is still a guess. Well, I, I think based on decades worth of scholarly and research. And now I'm 100% sure that you guys have changed your stripes because this started about an interview about anti-lockdown and it turned into let's assassinate the character of Chris Sky oh, no, and I, try to make the Jewish community not well, like him. When I have very high support from the Jewish community because some of my best friends are Jewish. No, uh, no, I know exactly what's going on now, David. And now I know why I didn't get contact with Revolution for a couple months. And now I also know why you guys got demonetized off of YouTube 
and you lost all your income, yet somehow you started hiring all these new people and somehow your station keeps growing. And now when I go on your feeds on Twitter and stuff, it reads more like a mainstream media platform instead of the rebel news of old. Well, You Chris, guys are starting to disappoint me, David. No, Chris, listen, we And are... I hope you don't edit this out to make it look, uh, to make it, uh, to, to try to make no, me Chris, look No, Chris, this actually, uh, this attack on me and my organization It's not an attack, it's just me. an observation. If, if I may speak, if I may speak, um, we have always given you a platform. We, when we see allegations made i'm giving you in all fairness time to respond to those and allegations. i did and you keep trying to and you keep trying to push the narrative that i'm a denier and trying to push everything you even tried to push the narrative that it didn't matter that they lied about ottawa you tried to pretend like i didn't show you an email you said oh it could have been anything you're literally well, feeding every narrative that they're using to attack me right now and you're playing into it so david i think i'm going to cut this interview at this and i don't think i'm going to be talking to rebel news anymore really I you, seriously yeah well, Have a nice day, Dave. Okay, well, you know, what can I say, folks? We were trying to give uh, Chris an opportunity to refute some of these allegations, um, some of these social media, media postings that have been made by him, and um, I guess he didn't want to uh, pursue that. I had many more questions and many more directions to go on this. I'm, I'm sorry that... Uh, Chris has taken such a stance as this, but maybe with the passage of time, uh, he will come back. We'll see. Yeah, you guys just got bought out, and now you guys have to do certain things, like trying to make you look sad. It's okay, though. Have a nice day. Sorry, you guys probably won't be seeing me anymore because it's not worth it. I thought it was important to address this because we receive um, feedback from viewers saying, how do you give a Holocaust denier a platform? And I just wanted to find out what his side of the story was, but uh, I guess I'm off uh, Chris Guy's Christmas card list. It's too bad because I had a lot more questions to ask him. And the thing is, we're not on anyone's team as a journalistic organization. We're kind of like the umpire folks behind home plate. We're calling balls and strikes. And um, listen, just like a ref calling offside, when you see something that is offside, um, you've got to raise it, especially since it has been raised in the popular media. And um, he could have had a, he, I was giving him an opportunity to refute that or maybe to have a different opinion on this. But Chris chose to leave. So there you have it, unfortunate. Especially in concentration camps, that this many people... Well, the Nazis were pretty methodical. Oh, yeah, I, I was trying to make say that Nazis were great record keepers. I felt that because we are generally sympathetic to him, we would be a good forum for him to say, oh, that thing I wrote years ago, well, I was just a hothead or I yes. was stupid. But I just watched the tape of you having an argy-bargy with him, and he... He sort of doubled down and then he, he stormed out. What do you make of that whole thing? Yeah, uh, like you, Ezra, I, I like Chris. Um, he's larger than life. Uh, he's, uh, he's almost a cartoon figure. I say that in a good way. Um, he's great on camera. And what the situation we're in is we've had emails. I've had emails personally sent to me saying, how can you give a Holocaust denier mm -hmm. a platform? How can you not even have the mm -hmm. gonads to address these right. odious views? And you know what? Uh, they're right. The, yeah. if the, you know, mm -hmm. First of all, I wanted to find out if he was the author of these posts. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deny it. Secondly, like you, I was hoping to hear, you know what? 
uh, I was on a rant, uh, I, I, it was late at night and I was inebriated, mm -hmm. what, what, what have you. Um, but no, he was doubling down on it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, when you look at, you know, the words, in his own words, uh, Ezra, you know, six million being the biggest lie in the history of fake Jewish history. What does that even mean? Yeah. Who's writing the fake Jewish history? Yeah, and history? I didn't understand what he was saying about the Jews in their book and six million. I don't know what book that is. I mean, I don't read all the Jewish books, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what I think? Let me tell you what I think mm -hmm. happened. Uh, when you, one of the things I like the best about Chris Sky, and one of the reasons he's been so successful is he's so stubborn. Mm. He does not be pushed back. And that stubbornness, which is probably, his, other than his, it's, it's a form of audacity. So just like he won't wear a mask no matter what, yeah. just like he won't go to a quarantine hotel no matter what, just like he won't, you know, social distance no matter what, yeah. because he has such a sense of personal resolve. When you ask him these questions, and, and I saw you ask them, you put them in, a, in the gentlest way you could put such spicy comments by him. I think that pricked that part of his brain that says, push back, don't give an inch. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, there were other comments. We never got to them, of course, because he left. But, um, you know, comments that could be looked upon as being anti-black, anti-Muslim, oh, anti-gay. Okay. And, um, and and maybe uh, his opinion has changed, you know, in uh, four or five, six years, however old these posts are, Ezra. But, you know, what's important, I think, our role here, we're not cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, for anybody, we're kind of like the umpire behind home plate. Mm -hmm. We're calling balls and strikes. Mm -hmm. if, if, if it's a hockey analogy, where the linesman saying onside, offside, mm -hmm. and sometimes you know, I really didn't want to raise this because I like Chris Guy so yeah. much, but. It's a piece of ugliness, I think. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not Jewish myself, but I, I think, um, you know, what he said uh, would be deeply offensive uh, to the Jewish community. And it, and, and it wasn't the only thing. And by the way, as an important thing, this was not a gotcha moment. Several weeks ago, I had a phone conversation, mm -hmm. it must have been over 20 minutes, on this very okay, subject. Okay, so he knew you were talking about it. Absolutely. And we also talked about the alleged death threats he's made to um, Doug Ford and other premiers. Yeah. This is on the basis of Rob Carbone. Nothing has been proven in a court of law. Right. Chris, of course, denies it. But there were so many things to unpack over the last couple of months. And when he said... This was I, your first sit down with him in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would have interviewed him in Ottawa, but after his speech, he literally ran for the hills because uh, he thought he was about to be arrested by the Ottawa police. I think one of the reasons why people trust Rebel News so very deeply and to answer Chris Guy's comment about the money, mm. our, our funding is 80% crowdfunding. You know yeah. that. That's the only way we survive is our trust. That's right. The reason people trust us is because, I mean, Doug Ford sat in this very chair here. Oh, yeah. Doug Ford spoke at our Rebel Live conference a few years ago. People trust us because when Doug Ford goes off course, we criticize him. Jason Kenny and I were, were very close friends back in the day. Mm. But I have to be honest with our, my viewers and say he's doing things that are very wrong, yeah. and I would criticize them if it was Rachel Notley. The reason people trust us, I believe, David, and you in particular, you're very authentic, is because we call it like we see. We exactly. follow the facts where they lead, we tell the other side of the story, and I like Chris Skye. I don't like what he said on those social media posts. I think it was stupid. I actually don't think he's a racist in his bones. Maybe he is deep in his heart, I don't know. We gave him a chance to deal with these in a non-gotcha way. Yep. You are the friendliest journalist in Canada towards him. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and Ezra on the... But let me just close by saying, yes. our job is not to be his cheerleader. Our no. job is to tell the story, but we're not his... We're not like in the, you know, those motorcycles that have a little jump seat. We're not the little buddy in the jump seat. Chris Sky will likely remain a newsmaker, and I'm sure you will continue to cover it. He may not even like that, but so what? We cover people who don't like us all the time. 100%. And one thing, if Chris Guy is watching this, uh, all I have to say is uh, my door is open. Uh, you can email me, phone me. Um, you know, it, <laughs> maybe there's some kind of reconciliation here. Um, but uh, it's too bad he stormed away. I had so many other important questions to ask about yeah. the lockdowns in general. But all I was trying to do, as you said, was not to ambush Chris Guy, because we had talked about this on the phone, but to give him a platform to, you know, clear the air, yeah. to, and unfortunately, didn't go so well. You know, you win I, some, you lose I some. have a terrible joke that I sometimes <laughs> tell my wife, which is, I apologize once a year whether I need to or not. <laughs> and uh, the joke, of course, being, of course, we do things that, that are much more frequently than once a year. And, okay. and it's not in Chris Guy's nature to ever admit defeat or that he did something wrong. That's why he's such a good fighter. But I think on these stupid internet, Holocaust comments, they were so dumb. Yeah. And he's digging in on them as if it's an enormous point of principle to save them. I don't even think he, I don't know if he means it, I don't know what's in his heart, but I think it was a stupid thing for him to storm out of here on. I think you're right, he should have reconciled. I'm gonna continue to watch his antics because he's such an interesting newsmaker. I agree. Well, he said he's off to Sudbury, uh, so we'll, I'll, we'll see how that goes. And yet it's another, I guess, cautionary tale, isn't it, Ezra? The old saying, the internet is forever. Mm -hmm. You might post things that have gone back years and years that you've even forgotten about, mm -hmm. but your enemies out there mm -hmm. will search those up, mm -hmm. will use your words to discredit you if mm -hmm. they get the chance. I, it, I know how you feel about Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me close with one thought here. And, and again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing too much amateur psychoanalysis. Okay. Why was Chris so mad? It's not because this was an ambush. You've talked to him about it before. Yeah. It's not because you were unfair. You, you put the questions gently. Uh, partly it's because he's a stubborn guy, which is what we like about him. But I think the reason why Chris Guy stormed out of here is because he deeply loves your reporting mm -hmm. and Rebel News because we have been his most um, uh, frequent and fair journalists. Mm. And so I think he feels like he has a breach with us mm. on this issue. And I think that causes him some pain because he has loved uh, the fact that we've reported on him. So in, in, a, in a strange way, you know, the opposite of um, love isn't, it, it, the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is complete coldness. I actually don't think he's a Jew hater. I just don't think he is. You know, that's good enough for me, and I never called him that no, either. I know you didn't. You know. I, just, uh -huh. I just don't think he is. Okay. But he just won't, he just won't say, oh, that's a stupid thing. Yeah. What a shame. All right, I'll let go because you're great journalism here. I'll get out of the way. Thank you, guys. Okay. Folks, it's only a matter of time before the big tech Silicon Valley giants try to crush Rebel News once and for all. We still want to stay in touch with you, however, and you can maintain that relationship by going to rebelnews.com. That's rebelnews.com. Go there so we can sign you up on different platforms.